a new issue of Agenda magazine, which comes out as a tribute to her shortly before her 86th birthday next month, and the reissue by Brown Keeble of The Presence, Catherine, Catherine Rain's poems uh, dating from 1984 to 87. Um, for me, Catherine Rain's poetry expresses the beauty and mystery of the universe with a kind of radiant wisdom. Pound wrote near the end of the cantos, all the resistors blacked out. Kathleen Rain, through her poetry, her scholarly writings on Blake, Yeats and David Jones, and her Temenos Academy, remains a formidable resistor against current trivialisation and ephemera. We're looking round the room. I see so many friends' faces, and thank you all for coming. This is um, really to introduce William Cookson's new issue of gender in which he has very kindly uh, collected tributes to my poetry uh, from various sources and including an interview with Joy Henry whom those of you in the poetry world will know as the editor of the Scottish poetry journal Chapman she is also a Scottish nationalist and I should say pretty nearly a Marxist um, I'm very fond of her we see the world in very different ways I think it was quite a sparkling interview when it came to the point but it, during that interview she asked me for whom I wrote and this is I think a very central and crucial question uh, for whom does a poet write finally for no one one simply writes but who does I don't think one ever thinks of who is going to read the poem at the time of writing it but if I were to answer I would say certainly not for any political party not for Scotland or Ireland or for children or for the BBC or any of these things, I think essentially the reply I gave is, I think, what I gave it on the spur of the moment, but on considering it, I have to still say, I write for the inner self of everybody, which um, I don't think one can categorize people by being of this or that religion, political party, or anything. But it, within, I believe we are closer together in our solitude, in our secret thoughts, than we probably are in our outer uh, affiliations with uh, anything at all. And uh, it is with me, if you like, an act of faith or an experience I have come to believe to be true that we are all, our inner worlds meet in a way that our outer worlds never could. Uh, the poet I feel closest to is, I think, my old friend David Gascoigne, much better poet than I am, but uh, not sufficiently recognized. A, a very great poet, I believe, and he wrote this remarkable poem, Night Thoughts, in which he addresses himself to everyone's solitude, to everyone's secret inner self. 
in which he argues in the, or he addresses himself in this wonderful poem to that inner secret person in everyone. So I hope my poems also are addressed to that oneself who is alike in us all because we only seem to be separate. In fact, we are all manifestations of the one Atman or living spirit, soul of the world, whatever you like, whatever it is. And uh, I hope my poems reach that self. Uh, and when I speak in the first person in my poems, I therefore, I'm not speaking about myself as such, but that self is for all of us the 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 center, the bindu, the focal point from which we each experience the whole universe which we share. And so when I say I, I hope you will feel that I am speaking for you and not for me. Uh, the, I'm extremely grateful to William for having published in this poem, uh, reprinted a poem of mine on a deserted shore, which has been uh, out of print, unobtainable for a very long time. There are recordings of this also, I believe, on sale. And uh, if you buy this copy of Agenda, you will find that poem, which I shall not read. It's too long and not perhaps the kind of poem one is prepared to read at a public poetry reading. Uh, but I have some new poems published by Agenda and they are really trickles from I, my main occupation these days is not writing poetry but preoccupation with launching the Temenos Academy and a great many other practical things. I've lived my life in the opposite order from what uh, poets are supposed to do. In my youth, I was free and I wrote poems in wild country places and uh, now that I'm old, I'm doing all the things that I was avoiding when I was young, such as education, organization, meetings, the whole lot, and, and I must say enjoying it immensely, but <laughs> I have a few new poems which I will read from this issue of agenda, and I even, William, have three poems I've written since. <laughs> I couldn't really get you to delay it again <laughs> in order to put in three more poems. This is a poem called The Natural State. Then civilization seemed the natural state. School, university, theatres, libraries, poets, the great permanent in their appointed places. Peace was the way things are, till interrupted by a war to end war. Revolutions only in history books, before one happened in Russia. Ten days that shook the world, the murdered Tsar, a cousin of our king, whose bearded face was profiled on our postage stamps and pennies. Now it seems otherwise, ignorance and violence native to us, 
Civitas Dei, reflected in our chaos from infinitely far. How brief the miracle of Athens, Florence, Shakespeare's London, Dublin, Marcel's Paris, Augustus, the Emperor Julian, fair King Richard, Scotland's king over the water, Dara, yet in the imagination of our perishing kind, deathless. This poem has no title. I believe nothing, what need, surrounded as I am with marvels of what is, this familiar room, books, shabby carpet on the floor, autumn, yellow jasmine, chrysanthemums, my mother's flower, earth scent of memories, daily miracles, yet media people ask, is there a God? What does the word mean to the fish in his ocean, birds in his skies and stars? I only know that when I turn in sleep into the invisible, it seems I am upheld by love, and what seems is inexplicable here and now of joy and sorrow, this inexhaustible, untidy world. I would not have it otherwise. Then these are five short poems entitled Confessions. Wanting to know all, I overlooked each particle containing the whole unknowable. Intent on one great love, perfect, requited, and forever, I missed loves everywhere, small presence, thousand guise. And lifelong have been reading book after book, searching for wisdom, but bringing only my own understanding. Forgive me, forgiver, whether you be infinite omniscient or some unnoticed other my existence has hurt. Being what I am, what could I do but wrong? Yet love can bring to heart healing, to chaos meaning. This is a poem called A Blessing. Some think me wise, generous, and kind. May that image bless your need, your distress. Others see a destroyer. May that dread aspect you hate and fear warn from the abyss. I am a mask of God among his myriad fold, who turns to you my face, who am no one, nowhere. Then this is a rather uncharacteristically cynical poem written at the time I received the Queen's Medal for Poetry and I thought one mustn't be too uh, assured that all one's friends will be delighted. It's called Assassin. The assassin is someone you already know, near at hand, not at heart, even though you assume you are fond of but your soul is not. 
You prefer to lie to yourself if you think they too are deceived by the falseness of the less than love that eases daily intercourse. Side by side you hide your evasions. You forget, but they do not, that moment of truth between you. And when Brutus' knife falls, is Caesar ever really surprised? Ideologies that seeming friend nurses, who hides those other values from you in your presence, or with whom it is easier to agree to differ, but not really. At the moment of fame, of success, of the world's praise, when we think our friends will be glad. It is not so. The assassin is hidden in your shadow, and this you know. And then this poem is called Afterthought. Not the deepest truth. For those we hate, we love. Since love is God within ourselves, our heart of hearts and theirs, hate only a mistaking of the divine likeness in time's crooked glass. This is a rather light-hearted poem called God and Simorg. As you know, the Simorg is the great um, myth, mythical uh, bird. This, the word means 30 birds because the Simorg is the collectivity of all the birds, as we only discover when we reach the kingdom of the Simorg. So this is called God and Simorg. I hung out nuts for the blue tits, but the sparrows came, all thirty of them, with flurry of wings, one mind in thirty vociferous selves, each cheerful, cheerfully affirming its birdism unique, as perhaps it is in a certain sense. Why then my discontent, my looking for something else, the blue tits who have not come, my dissatisfaction at having bought a wire feeder with perches and a bag of nuts, just for sparrows, for whom bread crust would have done just as well. <laughs> but why not for these survival of the fittest, cheerful Londoners who knew William Blake? What wonder bird was I looking for? How are peacock or nightingale, not to say Sri Aurobindo's superbird, more miraculous than these two farthing sparrows, each feather, feather bearing the carelessly worn signature of the universe that has brought them here to the Lord's table with such delight, never doubting their welcome. I should be rich with gathered knowledge and memories, but nothing has changed. And now, as always, I am myself, here and now, in a time and place that shelters me tonight. And all <coughs> I know is that I am upheld and carried with all my books and papers, tables and chairs, the houses and lit windows of my neighbors, known and unknown, dark trees, somewhere the moon and stars, all together in the mind of God and the works of Shakespeare by my bed. 
Now these are the three, these are three occasional poems uh, written since, um, written since. One is for a newborn great-grandchild. I found myself um, carrying this little bundle on my shoulder while her very new mother went and bought some clothes in the King's Road. So I wrote this poem. Miracle or chance, what difference, whether from nowhere, elsewhere, from the source, from God, from the past, from the ever-flowing, you have come to us in all the dear uniqueness of who you are and will have been. This world of wonders, never the same and always, opens for you anew the marvels of what is. Live well, unknown newborn. Whatever dream of heart's desire has brought you to this house, I hope have lived out mine. Know that world's joys and sorrows can but bless the unborn, undying one who comes and goes. Well, having thought of the newborn, I then, my mind turned to death. And this poem is entitled Karuna, which of course is the Lord Buddha's name for compassion. And death, can nothing make nothing what has been, is? The long moment of lifetime, our once and forever, here and now, beginningless, endless. We question and answer ourselves, make what we can of it. Yet, bodies age, are sick, are dead, for which the compassion of the enlightened one is no cure, but whose all embrace honors and dignifies our lot. Then this is called Angel of Love, and I wrote it for a grandson who has, is about to marry. Here always and only when love summons you, angel, otherwise unimaginable life being what it is or is not, but in your light, simple, ever-present paradise, poor loveless world that calls our blindness sight. I'm very happy to see in this room two of my publishers, Alan Claude, who published me a long time ago. And I brought with me a beautiful book printed in 1978 of 15 short poems published by Alan. And also Brian Keeble for Golganusa Press, who is my present publisher and the publisher of The Presence, uh, which is now in its uh, second edition, and uh, which some of you may know and others perhaps may not. But I should like to read these short poems. I wrote them when I had a cottage away from it all in the country, and uh, they're very short. I've read all the books, but one only remains sacred. This volume of wonders open always before my eyes. 
Ah, many, many are the dead who hold this pen and with my fingers write. What am I but their memory whose afterlife I live, who haunts my waking and my sleep with the untold? In the high lonely hills long ago astray, why did the great merciless winds fill that child with joy? My sight with the clouds unimpeded rest in changing moves across the sky. The aged in endless unbecoming are at peace. I could have told much by the way, but having reached this quiet place can say only that old joy and pain mean less than these green garden buds the wind stirs gently. This little house, no smaller than the world, nor I lonely, dwelling in all that is. What have I to regret, who, being old, have forgotten who I am? I have known much in my time, but now behold procession of slow clouds across my sky. Young or old, what was I but the story told by an unaging one? Today as I looked up at the sky's great face, I saw the bright heavens gaze down upon me. Six calices, yellow gold, fire gold one, seven lamps of the Almighty flame today in my garden, blown poppies in the wind. In the beginning kindled, they burn on. Flower, memory. My old eyes behold late Narcissus green gold pheasant's eye, petals fresh pleated, scent immemorial. Now is all my spring sorrow, joy. Autumn. Seed grains, numberless dust, living memories of many summers, but not now. If I haven't gone on too long, I will now read you some poems from this collection entitled uh, The Presence. This is called Light Over Water. Brilliant, myriad, instantaneous, alighting raindrops on a stream that has run unbroken down and on since this once familiar place was home. 
Each in its alighting flashes sun's glitter and is gone as another and another and another comes to meet me. Angel after angel after angel, its dancing point always here and now. The same bright innumerable company arriving and new the present always absolving from time's flow. Old I know how many, many, many the epiphanies of light. This is a poem written in 1984 in Italy. So tenuous and diffuse, I no longer know myself, but through the momentary sense of what is present as I write, shadows of shadows, night, a candle flame, closed shutters, and outside the dark, lightning and rain. Not arbitrary this or any here and now, what is product and due of a life lived hitherto, some or minus of my days, all means is meaning, could I decipher what is given, this threshold, this the threshold where I stand without the key to enter the place I am. I have much theoretical knowledge, can switch on or off some circuit of the brain, have written books on others' books of life, but deprived of words, I am in the dark, Tonight's lightning has put out our artificial light. A candle serves, if not to read by, clear enough to pray. I hear and fear the destroyers of the storm, assailants of human houses, yet know their thunderous soundings, the music of the universe, immortal voices, the choiring of the stars, Hidden by storm and darkness, the garden, the sacred fountains. I hear the waters running in their courses. Flood waters tell of cold, drowning, dissolving, flux, undoing, unbecoming, perhaps of freeing, though not of, but from what I am. This was written about the same time. World's music changes. The spheres no longer sing to us those harmonies that raised cathedral arches, walls of cities, soundings of chaos, dislodged the keystone of our dreams, built high, laid low. Hearing we echo rumours of the abyss. There was a time to build those cloud-capped towers, imagined palaces, heavenly houses, but a new age brings a time to undo, to unknow. This is called the foremother. I'm not a feminist, but I am a woman, and, and I think that is very clear from many of my poems. The foremother. I am spread wide, far, on the tide of the one sea, 
As I ebb away in lives not mine, my blood flows on. Like a mist lifting, I fade, I no longer am, who through new eyes see the green, the vein, the flower, the tree. I am an echo you do not hear, who, gone from myself, am near your here and now of elsewhere. I am long ago, who am with you in your first love, age old, the untold, I speak to you. This is called change. Change, said the sun to the moon, you cannot stay. Change, says moon to the waters, all is flowing. Change, says the field to the grass, seed time and harvest, chaff and grain. You must change, said the worm to the bud, though not to a rose. Petals fade that wings may rise, born on the wind. You are changing, said death to the maiden, your wan face to memory, to beauty. Are you ready to change, says thought to the heart, to let pass all your life long for the unknown, the unborn, in the alchemy of the world's dream? You will change, say the stars to the sun, says night to the stars. Then this is a dream poem. It was Edwin Muir who said to me long ago, do you ever write, write poems from your dreams? And I said no. And he said, well, after all, we spend a third of our life in dream and I think we have in this century come to realize that uh, these messages come to the oracle in the heart as I've called it in the title of another book have significance then this is a dream poem it was Edwin Muir who said to me long ago do you ever write, write poems from your dreams and I said no and he said well after all, we spend a third of our life in dream, and I think we have in this century come to realize that uh, these messages come to the oracle in the heart, as I've called it in the title of another book, have significance. In a dream, a voice called me by my name, unknown, or known from some far other time, or place, or state, or world, yet nearer than here and now, that hidden one. And was it I, unselved by sleep, that takes away all daily doing and being, absolved for a space for what, from what we are or seem? Am I who remember another, or the same, who stirred, <coughs> who answered to my name, Recalled from lifelong years away, astray, forgetful and forgotten, since I had been one named. 
Strange among strangers my face, defaced, obscured, obliterate, falsified by the years, disguised, anonymous, who, when addressed, some other or no one. Yet by that unknown knower I am known and who I am. Then I added a second passage to this poem. But by what name did that voice summon? The name my mother gave, not knowing what child I was who came into her house of life. She gave me a name not mine, who have so long forgotten who, what, whence, whither I am. Even now, Sky, sometimes I look up and say, No, I have not forgotten, though for the time going from here to there, from this to next, I promise, so I say to the blue spaces and high clouds, to be again some day in your great ever presence. But silently you remind me always that I have left, lost, gone away this poem is called Nataraja who of, which of course is the name of the Lord Shiva who is the Indian god of time and change and he is the destroyer but of course much has to be destroyed in order that it has to be destroyed. Civilizations, lives. Time, rhythm of forms that open forms. Nataraja means Lord of the Dance. He is, you, you all familiar with the, that, Shiva Nataraja, that traditional dancing figure of Indian, southern Indian art in particular. Very beautiful. Time, rhythm of forms that open, forms that pass. Perfect or marred, the foot of the god is on the world. Terrible dancer whose trampling tread crushes evil and good. The flow of his river is in our blood. End and beginning, a beat of the heart are all our nothing. Destroyer of worlds, the purifier, his, stif his step indifferent, his garment red. In the second part, how else but by that trampling foot can be effaced our nightmare cities, the dead ends, the maze, the cul-de-sacs, the locked rooms, the windowless prisons, the closed mines, the entrenched positions, the safes, the cellars, the death-proof shelters, the high-rise towers of loneliness? 
Who else but the world destroyer can free us from this state and place of no return, the inescapable consequence, um, pass, end of the road, we fall and can fall no farther, hopes and fears converge in this term of what's done, thought, word and deed here end in entropy, there is nowhere to run. I who have become what I am, am what I have done. Free will has come to this, back to the wall. I speak for all who at bay stand in extremis. Only that power who will destroy us, free us, obliterate our trace, the fire, the purifier. This is a poem about, I suppose, inspiration. It's called The Invisible Kingdom. We know more than we know, who see always the bewildering, proliferating multiplicity of the common show. There come to the artist's hands such subtleties of form, of light, gardens, presences, faces so tenderly beautiful, we wonder with what untaught knowledge seen beyond the commonplace, the hidden aspects of mystery, secrets known only to the soul, known only to love, immeasurable, Wisdom from our own hands, work grown, expression of a knowledge not our own, which yet, which yet guides brush and pen, obedient to an omniscience we, though ignorant, yet share, whose hearts respond and answer to Schubert's music and Mozart. They knowing no more than we of the celestial harmonies they heard above the continual dissonance the immediate imposes. Yet unceasing the music of the spheres, the major of light, spirit self-knowledge in its flow, imaging continually the all of which each moment is the presence telling itself to the listener the seer in the heart contemplates in time's river the ever-changing never-changing face This poem is entitled Jessie, which was my mother's name. And I wrote it when a cousin sent me a little silver brooch she'd found in a drawer that had been in one of the family chests of drawers. And she sent me my mother's brooch, which simply had the word, the name Jessie inscribed on it. A cousin sent it me, found in the back of a drawer a broken brooch engraved with my mother's name returned from long ago when I knew by heart those silver clover leaves and flowers small as forget-me-nots. Then they were part of the known whole world my mother gave me 
her name a message whose simple meaning is herself, once dear and familiar, now dear and far. Then this poem is called, Who Are We? Not that I remember, but that I am memory. I'm all that has befallen unbroken being and knowing, whose flow has brought me here, laden with the forgotten times and places, once here and now of those who were, from day to day, from life to life, as I, presences of that omnipresence without end or beginning, omniscient through our being that brings and takes away the unremembered living moments of joy and wisdom, the once familiar rooms and temples and fountains, the long ago gardens of a thousand summers, music once heard traveling through me and on like a wave of sound, a gleam irrecapturable. And who are we who gather each one leaf, one life of the myriad-fold tree of the lost domain and mourn the flowing away of all we never were or knew? Promises, messages reach us, instruct us. The untold, the untellable, undying heart's desire, resonance of elsewhere, once Someday, forever. Then um, this poem was written on All Souls Day, which of course is the day that precedes All Saints Day. It's at the end of October. I, who in these shortening days am still in the company of the living, who bear through time all who were, are, or shall ever be, until the kingdom comes, nor they nor I shall see, who from time immemorial sorrowing have heard the faraway music of immortal joy. As this year darkens towards its close, I, until my last leaves fall, keep faith with that unending song for those who were as now we are, remembering that imagined state and place we never knew, nor they, that whence and whither all come and all return. In days to whose mornings we shall not wake, to others we shall not know that song will tell that all is as the dead who in us will not rest would have it be whose hearts beat on in mine through the october dark keeping the flame alight of all they never were nor we living i have traversed another day kept faith still with what is not has never been, that none has known whoever was, nor we, whose memories are inexhaustible as time, whom time can never satisfy, that yet in time lives on in me. The 
then this is a candle for all saints, all souls. And uh, from time to time, friends give me empty blank books in which I write my poems. And that is something I, I greatly treasure. It, it gives us magic of love and friendship to the books. This book was given me by uh, an American lady whom I have never met, either then or since. So this is a candle for all saints and all souls. In this book, gift of an unknown friend, hoping I might find words to kindle some illumination of mind or heart, there remain many spacious pages where I still may trace life's record as the ant in dust, the beetle under elm bark, the snail its lustrous trail, or track of hair on the bare snow, all leave their signature as skeleton veins record spring's sap flow in leaves once green. What the pattern, what the meaning these toilers know, no more than I, what or to whom I tell, no more than the small housefly that alights now on this page, whose script only the writer of the book of life can read. On my shelves, closed books of many lives, knowledge of the long dead who lived these thoughts. I have explored their regions of wisdom and wonder as others will relive their ever-present past whose records, written or unwritten, remembered or forgotten, come to us in words spoken by living lips of the wise and the unwise, long ago voices repeating the never-ending stories of the loved and known, as being moves through every here and now, delighting in all we have been and seen and done, endured, imagined and dreamed. Fragments, traces remain, perfect like fossil shells, pages unfaded, painterable still by some, though few who from old manuscripts can rekindle the light that once illumined texts of treasured wisdom transcribed by monks of Kells or Nalandar, the gods themselves told the creation story to those first ancestors whose scriptures were the stars, who knew the speech of insect and bird, of rock and cloud, the innumerable living, each a universe boundless in its own presence, undying in the imagination of the world. I leave my trace with theirs in timelessness. And this is a poem called London Rain. These diamond spheres, tainted from poisoned air that blows about the houses, each sour raindrop hanging from wire or railings, yet catches its ray to open the rainbow light of heavenly promise before it falls on sterile ground to moisten the patient moss that mends with living green of paradise 
springing from blown dust in cracks and crevices for lonely downcast eyes to find a long ago familiar place. Then this is called London Wind. Wind lifting litter, paper, empty containers, grit. Even here blows the element of air between post office and supermarket, still the caress of Earth's breath cool on my face as gusts in spirals and eddies whirl spent leaves from London's plane trees to let fall perfect forms so lightly poised on a vandalized lot. This is called wisdom of words. You see, the poet never writes a poem except in partnership with language which we inherit from the ancestors. And I think that the modern world has so forgotten this that our greatest heritage is language, language and the poor English language has been so vandalized by so many powers of forgetfulness and trivialization and yet languages are well the English language what an inheritance we've thrown away and even now words as it says in the scriptures in the beginning was the word it is our great human heritage is the word and every poet should be deeply grateful to the ancestors known and unknown from whom we receive this precious gift. Through this pen point, this punctum, these old fingers inscribed by intricate line of words beyond price heritage from those who speak in soundless, loved, remembered voices of multitudes who in worlds without end times and places each in their once and forever here and now remains sisters and brothers of dust whose faces I have never seen young and beautiful learned or wise whose words have told and tell me all your hearts have known your long ago loves are with me now and always who breathe the unbounded air that carries your far voices. From word to word I trace my way, seeking, divining, scarcely discernible messages, passing from life to life, clarities, marvels, epiphanies, all hearts, all souls have sought, bringing to my moment all those who once were have dreamed, have known and prayed, have sung, have cried aloud. Cosmic music of water and wind and stars flows on forever, but this human realm of meaning none knows but <coughs> me. These memories told and retold, imparted from dream to dreamer by such as I, whose only knowledge is what we've made to be.
That's probably not. <laughs> not, I hope, too much. There's some wine in another room. Oh, or does anyone want to ask questions? I'm, I'm quite. I'm perfectly prepared to. If anyone has anything to say or comment on or or ask or or, or anything. <laughs> Deaf, and I'd be awfully grateful. William, could you repeat it to me so that I can hear? I almost heard what you said. It was about the natural yeah, world. The question was, well, are you moving very far from the natural world in your recent times? Maybe so. Possibly so, but not really, because the natural world is, is, is our universe, but so are people. I think I've come to value the mystery of people more as I've grown older. And we're not simply another species in nature. We are another kingdom. And uh, this marvelous uh, human domain, I, I think I have rather moved away from nature poetry. When I was a little girl, I thought that if there was a human being visible half a mile away, it was spoiling the loneliness of nature. But now I find that people are infinitely enriching. I never meet anyone, but I find something marvelous to to exchange. I, I do think that is so. Perhaps we do learn to appreciate uh, uh, the great mystery of human beings more. As we grow old and see generations, you see children, grandchildren. I'm just getting into it now, I feel, at 85. <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just beginning to appreciate this amazing human mystery. And grandchildren, great-grandchildren, there they are, they're new people, where do they come from, who are they, what world will they occupy? But I, I, I still, nature is very precious to me, and uh, even my sparrows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nothing more to be said. 
lot to think about. <laughs> Thank you. I think we should have a lot of gratitude as well. Uh, I think it meant to Matt, thank you for all kinds of things that all at many, many levels. And I think for everybody in the room who wants to say that. Yeah. 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 Yeah.